welcome back to iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Talon. You can contact us on social media at iProperty Radio or email hello at iPropertyRadio.com. In the PropTech hot seat today are the co-founders of Hokoko, Katrina Larson and William Shaw. Katrina and William, you're both very welcome. Uh, William, tell us about Hokoko. Yeah, so uh, nice to be here. And uh, Hokoko is a, is a residential tenant experience and operation SaaS platform. And we built this for, for owners and operators, uh, trying to provide them with the tools to improve the net operating income. Um, and we do that mainly by creating these uh, excellent communities and, and tenant experiences, basically. Very good. The term tenant experience has been used, uh, it's been used for a number of years now, but I would imagine that has changed over COVID. So tell me about maybe the tenant experience that you thought you might be offering uh, prior to COVID. Um, well, basically, I think, you know, we, we've, we've, we basically found it uh, into COVID. So we, we've kind of not known uh, any other sort of scenario. But I think uh, what we're seeing is that, uh, that residents out there are using the homes in a completely different way. They're seeking a lot more, you know, community, having been isolated, you know, for, for, for ages. Uh, and I think, uh, I think, you know, we, we try to provide the, the tools for, for this new reality, basically. So. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Uh, Katrina, do you come from a technology or a, a real estate background? No, actually none of us do. Um, I have a background in law. So, um, and, and the way that I came about uh, to enter the real estate industry was actually us having the idea that, um, that the industry was lacking the customer-centric approach that we were seeing in other industries. I came from the insurance company uh, industry and, and had seen how uh, they were evolving and adopting new technologies to have this customer-centric approach. And then I entered the, the legal industry with the legal tech solution, also trying to have this customer-centric approach. And then we stopped up um, seeing that none uh, of very few was actually interest, uh, interested in uh, having this customer-centric approach in the real estate industry. So we, we thought that we might be uh, the persons uh, to actually disrupt, um, uh, disrupt the market uh, or the industry, and here we are today. Yeah, it's certainly a, a laudable ambition. I mean... <laughs> um, the real estate industry, it gets a lot of criticism. Sometimes I think it gets a bit of unfair criticism too. And uh, while I, I accept, uh, you know, that it hasn't been very quick to adopt, uh, particularly to new technologies and things like that, um, there, there was always, a, I, I think that, that there was maybe an attempt to put uh, tenants at the centre of what they do. But I think maybe the procedures, the regulations, everything was designed against that. So for you, what does a good tenant experience even look like? For us, it's actually just a basic to start with. Um, in Denmark, we saw that it was hard to, to get documents. It was hard to uh, get information. You would go to a website that was 10 years old and that hadn't been maintained by the landlords or the um, administrators, and they haven't been um, uh, putting up new data 
uh, with new documents about how to handle uh, the, uh, the washing machine and so on and so on. So we wanted to make this just basic information more transparent and, and easy to get access to. So by creating this um, tenant relationship app uh, for the tenants, we, we could provide them with an easy way to get access to basic information like what is my rent, my uh, deposit, um, uh, the house rules, the lease, and et cetera, but also access to who are my neighbors to and the communities within the building, uh, which we hadn't seen before. So, so we just wanted to display this for the tenants and give them a much more um, satisfying experience in the buildings that they were uh, living in. How tenant, tenant experience or, and to create a good tenant experience, we talk about community and I think there's a feeling there that community has to happen very organically. Um, but I'm not sure I believe that. I actually think that we can absolutely create the environment for people to engage very well. So for example, um, in Ireland, we don't do apartment design or certainly we didn't do apartment design very well because most of us came from living in more rural areas that when we did move towards apartments, we were always trying to design in privacy into our apartments as opposed to community. And you can really see the impacts of that now a couple of decades on that actually, um, you know, we, we haven't created spaces for communities to come together. How has that changed and, and how does it need to change? I, I think it, it's it's changing quite uh, organically now. We're seeing new terms like built to rent, things like that, showing up where where actually you know you you optimize spaces, you create that communal those communal areas, that great amenities that bring people together. But I I completely agree, and that is the way we see it at uh, Hokoko as well. Is basically you 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 can do a lot to actually promote the goal, the good uh, communities, and that's what we try to provide as well with with our tools is is give the tools out there so that people can actually you know, into, uh, involve themselves with the community and, and talk to the neighbors. Uh, and I think, you know, the, the industry is also changing that direction. Uh, luckily, it's a slow uh, transition, but I think we're seeing more and more of these uh, concepts of the student accommodation, uh, you know, borrowing from hospitality, you know that this is something that is, is being asked for from, uh, from the end user. And I think when you come from uh, from other industries, I come from from the e-commerce background myself. And, you know, you you're always looking at you know um, uh, the customer journey, the lifetime value, and things like that. And and when we started looking into this, it's just nothing existent, or at least very early on. Um, so I think. Uh, you know, as, as also the professionals are starting to become more and more, uh, you know, uh, aware of this and, you know, also, you know, coming from other industries, potentially, I think you start, you know, realizing there's a whole big space out there for, for potential, basically. Absolutely. And look, you know, we're seeing residential, but residential is quite a broad, a broad category there, whereas actually, if you're looking at the built to rent sector, you know, we've seen huge progress there in terms of focus on amenities and community, which is very important because we're seeing the tenures um it increase and, and we're seeing people stay longer and and people will stay longer in these rented accommodation if there is that sense of, of uh community but i i suppose one of the things i am curious about is what role does technology have to play so for example are your clients more on the built rent you have student providers who are your clients at the moment well i think uh, again uh, i think 
it is a very broad segment. I think what what we uh, differentiate ourselves is that we have a quite a sort of a, a focused uh, residential. I think a lot of uh, other sort of uh, types of, uh, of property have, have been sort of uh, quite or quite mature. Uh, if you look at the logistics, you know they're quite. Uh, uh, quite technically advanced these days. If you've ever been to an Amazon warehouse, you know uh, what I mean. But I think for, for residential, it's still quite underdeveloped. I think built to rent is one of those that are sort of moving moving things forward. But I do think we'll see it in, in other types of, of residential as well. Uh, and, and we have a sweet spot with, with student accommodation, but uh, but we're not uh, isolated only student accommodation. But I think it's it's uh, where people live uh, and where they spend the time. That's what our interest is and where we think we can make a difference. And, uh, and I'm conscious that your company is a, a, re a relatively young one. So how are do, were you able to access uh funding or equity or how has the proper or how has the business expanded actually as as we started we were self-funded uh, for the first couple of years uh, we were bootstrapping and we were you know making um uh, our own analysis about the market, uh, the need for a product and so on. But later on, uh, two years ago, we got our first uh, funding from um, Business Angels. And last year in November, we actually closed our seed run uh, round. So, um, so we are very happy. Oh, well, that's great. Well, uh, so what what does that enable you to do? Like, what are your plans for that? Because again, you know, we've seen, and I, I'm sure you know yourself that, uh, there was a huge run of VC funding for PropTechs um, that certainly has eased back. And so some commentary, uh, you know, is saying that that's eased back to maybe a more reasonable level with others. Um, for example, I think it was uh, Matt, uh, Matt Knight uh, published a piece saying that PropTech as a sector is officially in recession. Uh, I haven't met too many, many people who agree with that. But having the funding in place, what does that enable you to do in terms of expanding company? I think um, from my perspective, uh, a few different things. One of them is, uh, is is being there on the long run. I think that's been very important for most from the from the get go is to actually uh, realize that 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 real estate won't change overnight. So so you you need to be there for 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 the long run, and therefore you need to you know secure some sort of uh, good capital to actually make that difference. Um, uh, that's one thing, and I think the other thing is also to um, to to be more aggressive uh, across uh, across different markets. I think it's very very important, you know, with international uh, investors to 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 create a concept that works uh, internationally and to get those feedback loops from. From the different markets so that you know that you're not just building something for a very local market i think a lot of the you know a lot of the challenges are, are global challenges of course there's, there's differences but i think uh, realizing that and and, uh, and and having the funding to, to back that i think that's uh, super super important and um, tell me what do tenants want because we make a lot of assumptions and we hear a lot and certainly before covid there was a lot of talk about you know rooftop barbecues and lunchtime yoga sessions but you know i i think that covid has really made everybody re-examine uh you know not just how they're living um but also how they're spending their time and where they're spending their time do we know what tenants actually want in buildings they're living in we've actually made our own surveys uh, and what we hear uh from our existing tenants is that they really want these communities 
they want to be interact with the neighbors so what we are seeing if we use the knowledge that we have in a building about the demographic uh, uh, you know um, level in the building we can you know accommodate it by by making the communities for them so if we know that there are a lot of uh, families with children in the building we can you know provide them with some tools and some uh, communities uh, for the uh, for these uh, sectors and segments so they can uh, get their ultimate you know out of the building and from the relationships that they live in uh, but we also see the need you know just to um, have a serviced uh, apartments also because we are in um, uh, in 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 a uh, place now where we get, have food delivered uh, by you know trying to the oh I'm just rambling right now no not, uh, not sorry at all, not at all but no I I think that's a really good point like we've been talking about concierge services across residential and it's really interesting to see how those change because you know we're, we're taking a more automated approach but then even with the automated approach they're not necessarily providing for how quickly the sector is moving on, like to accept drone uh, recovery or um, deliveries and things like that. So um, one of the things from what you're describing, is there still an, a human element that needs to accompany the tools and technology that you have? I mean, is there still a role for, say, a community builder as such, um, the human touch within developments? Yes, I, I, if I can answer that, I think uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, with, with COVID, uh, I mean, it's also been shown very uh, apparent that, you know, you know, you need to use your homes com completely different than you used to. I mean, going into the office is not as common as, as it used to be. So you need to, you know, be able to uh, facilitate that in your building. Um, so if you can't do that in your small uh, apartment, at least you need some so, sort of local, you know, amenities that you can uh, that you can use. And, and that uh, comes with a lot of uh, technology uh, or technological uh, challenges. I mean, how do you ensure that you have a spot where you can work from home? How do you find that convenience that you need? Maybe that when, when you are working, I mean, it's you will also like to be, you know, part of something uh, bigger that you used to be uh, or get at, the, at, a, at office space, uh, potentially. So I think it's all about trying to find the value for money and trying to find uh, buildings that have that technology that enables some of these things. Yeah, and but of course it goes beyond technology. So, for example, we talk a lot on the show about the amenities within built to rent. And so, one of the things that we've been talking about, particularly since COVID, um, is having a work space or station or dedicated work unit, um, outside of the home. So whether that's you know a little co-working space as part of the development, you know, and it, it, you know where where maybe we were previously offering gyms in the basement or cinema rooms for communal use are we now looking like when you talk to your clients what are they aiming towards are they recognizing maybe co-working spaces need to become almost a standard amenity of built rent yeah we definitely do we actually have clients that uh, offer these uh, uh, facilities for the for the tenants so so and we are seeing the new build apartments or built rent buildings that are being built right now, they actually facilitate this, and it's an incorporated uh, uh, thing in in the plan. Yeah, and I, I love that. I love that we are talking about communities, whether it's where they're living or actually accessing co-working space where they live, because actually a huge sense of community 
is built up when you're going in and out of the office. And that's something that we've missed over the last two and a half years. So actually, it, we know it's an important thing. We know mm. that even where people do have rooms in their home to work all the time, they actually don't want to be doing that. They do. So even if they can't go into the office, they want to go to a local co-working space or people are going into uh, coffee shops as they have always done. Um, but so, so I love that all of our conversation is coming back to community because I think it's really important. But mm. The term happy and loyal uh, as a community, you know, why why is this important to you as a company? Why is this something that you've taken on as one of your driving forces? Uh, well, I think, again, uh, multiple answers to that question. But I think, you know, it's uh, it, it, it becomes quite uh, apparent when when you have a, a pandemic and uh, and when you have uh, all things going on around the world. I mean, that you uh, that, that you need something, you know, beyond just uh bricks and mortar and you need uh, you i mean you you know another topic esg is 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 on everybody's uh, mouths like that i think people are becoming more aware of you know that uh, of doing good or at least trying to belong and try to find something where you can identify yourselves with uh, with uh, similar like minded and and try to actually uh, you know take uh, the, you know that sort of uh, role where where you uh, where you uh, take active decision of doing something better i think and i think i think um i think yeah community is 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 a, a big part of 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 where we're from i think uh, uh we both all of the founders in in hokoko at hokoko have come from you know other towns moved into the big city and you know found that you move direct into an apartment and then you don't know anybody you work or living uh, next to maybe you've bumped into the neighbor but i think i think uh that comes even more visible when there's a pandemic. And I think, you know, we can do a lot uh, with technology. And I, I, back to your point about, do, do you still not need that human touch? Yes, I think I think you do. I mean, you still need somebody to to drive, uh, you know, a community and to drive, uh, you know, uh, technology as well. So I think it's, uh, it, it, I mean, we just saw that need uh, ourselves uh, from the tenant perspective. Um, and, and it's just sort of, a, you know, the community, the missing community, one thing. And the other thing is, you know, we always, I always say, how, how is it possible that you can, you know, buy a Netflix subscription for, I don't know, 10 bucks or something like that. And, you know, the biggest subscription you actually pay for uh, out there is, is, is your living expenses. And, and you know, you just don't get that service. And, and, and there's just a big question mark for, for us, basically. Well, a, a question mark, yes, but obviously then an opportunity so, I mean, what are the plans for Hokoko over the next year or two? We have, we hope to to have a great entry in the in the UK market. Um, we've we have put a lot of resources to 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 come where we are, and and now we are actually equipped to you know enter the UK market, and we are very exciting to 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 see how it goes. Well, best of luck with the UK expansion. And again, if you decide to take a look at the Irish marketplace, please do, please do let us know. We'd be happy to show you around. It's always, it's always good to, to see, uh, to welcome new ideas, new players into the Irish marketplace. It's something that we're very excited about too. So best of luck to you both and to the team there at Hokoko. So uh, my thanks to Katrina Larson and William Shaw. And that's it from us this week. You can get in touch with the show on social media at iProperty Radio or email hello at iPropertyRadio.com. My thanks to producer uh, Breed Malloy and the Hear Me Roar media production team and to Luke Delaney on sound for Dublin South FM. Until next time, thank you for listening.